You are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney. I'm the reader, and I provide the commentary as we continue to make our way through Venerable Maria of Agreda's Mystical Revelations, contained in four volumes, numbering over 2,500 pages. Today is Day 16. Today we are reading from Chapter 9 of Book 1, Volume 1, Paragraphs 106 through 112. Chapter 9. The rest of the twelfth chapter of the Apocalypse is explained. And there was a great battle in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. When the Lord had manifested these things to the good and to the bad angels, the holy prince Michael and his companions, with the permission of God, gave battle to the dragon and his followers. It was a wonderful battle, for it was fought with the understanding and the will. St. Michael, burning with zeal for the honor of God and armed with the divine power, and with his own humility, resisted the arrogant pride of the dragon, saying, Worthy is the highest of honor, praise and reverence, and of being loved, feared, and obeyed by all creation. He is mighty to work whatever he desires. He that is increate and without dependence on any other being cannot seek anything that is not most just. To us he gave grace, such as we have, creating us and forming us out of nothing. He can create other beings, as many and in what manner he pleases. It is reasonable that we, submissive and prostrate in his presence, adore his majesty and kindly grandeur. In his presence adore his majesty and kingly grandeur. Come then, ye angels, follow me. Let us adore him and extol his admirable and secret judgments, his most perfect and holy works. God is most exalted and above all creatures, and he would not be the most high if we could attain or comprehend his great works. Infinite he is in wisdom and goodness, rich in the treasures of his benefits, as Lord of all and needing none. He can distribute them to whomsoever he wishes, and he cannot err in the selection. He can love and confer his favor to whomsoever he chooses, and he can love whom he likes. He can raise up, create, and enrich according as it is his good pleasure. In all things he will be wise, holy, and irresistible. Let us adore and thank him for the wonderful work of the Incarnation, which he has decreed, and for his favors to his people, and for its restoration to grace after its fall. Let us adore this person endowed with human and the divine nature. Let us reverence it and accept it as our head. Let us confess that he is worthy of all glory, praise, and magnificence, and as the author of grace, let us give him glory and acknowledge his power and divinity. With such arms, St. Michael and his angels gave battle, fighting, as it were, with the powerful rays of truth against the dragon and his followers, who on their hand made use of blasphemies. But Lucifer, at the sight of the holy prince, not being able to resist, was torn with interior rage and sought to fly from his torments. It was the will of God, however that he should not only be punished, but also conquered, in order that by his fall he might know the truth and power of God. Nevertheless, he blasphemed and cried out, Unjust is God, in raising the human nature above the angelic. I am the most exalted and beautiful angel, and the triumph belongs to me. It is I who am to place my throne above the stars, and who shall be like unto the highest. I will subject myself to no one of an inferior nature. I will not consent that any one take precedence of me 
or be greater than I. In the same way spoke the apostate followers of Lucifer. But St. Michael answered, Who is there like unto the Lord, who dwells in the heavens? Or who to compare himself to him? Be silent, enemy, cease thy dreadful blasphemies, and since iniquity has taken possessions of thee, depart from our midst, wretch, and be hurled in thy blind ignorance and wickedness into the dark night and chaos of the infernal pains. But let us, O Spirit of the Lord, honor and reverence this blessed woman, who is to give human flesh to our eternal word, and let us recognize her as our queen and lady. The great sign of the woman served the good angels as a shield and as arms of battle against the evil ones. For at the sight of it, all their power of reasoning weakened and was brought to confusion and silence. Since they could not endure the mysteries and sacraments contained in this sign, and just as by divine power this mysterious sign appeared, so also now the other figure or sign of the dragon appeared, in order that thus transformed he might be ignominiously hurled from heaven and the fright and terror of his followers, and amid the astonishment of the holy angels. All this was the effect of the new manifestation of the justice and power of God. It is difficult to describe in words what passed in that memorable battle, since there is such a wide difference between our conceptions founded on material objects and those which would be appropriate to the nature and operations of such great spirits as these angels. But the bad ones did not prevail. For injustice lies ignorance, and malice could not prevail against it, equity, truth, light, and goodness, nor could these virtues be overcome by vices. Therefore, it is also said, from that time on their place was not found in heaven. Through the sins which these disgraced angels had committed, they made themselves unworthy of the eternal vision and company of the Lord. Their memory was blotted out from his mind, where they had been written by the excellences and graces of the nature given to them having lost the right to the places which had been reserved for them. If they had obeyed, it passed over to mankind. To man these places were now transferred in such a way that the very vestiges of the apostate angels were blotted out and were no more found in heaven. O oh, unhappy wickedness and never-to-be-described misfortune, which drew after itself such a horrible and dreadful chastisement, the evangelist adds. And the dragon was cast out, that ancient serpent who is called devil and Satan, who seduceth the whole world, and he was cast into the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. The holy prince Michael hurled from heaven the dragon Lucifer with the invincible battle cry, Who is like unto God? So powerful was this cry that it sufficed to precipitate that proud giant and all his host to the earth and cast him in the dreadful ignominy to the center of the earth. From that time he began to be called dragon, serpent, devil, and Satan, imposed upon him by the holy archangel in the battle as a testimony of his iniquity and malice. Deprived of the happiness and honor of which he had become unworthy, he was despoiled also of his names and honorable titles, acquiring in their stead such as designate his ignominy. The wicked plans which he proposed and enjoined upon his confederates namely, that they should deceive and pervert all those that live in the world, manifest sufficiently his wickedness. He therefore, who intended to scourge the nations, was consigned to hellish regions, as Isaiah said in the fourteenth chapter, to the profound abyss, and his cadaver was delivered to the moth and the worm of his own bad conscience. Thus was fulfilled in Lucifer all that the prophet says in that chapter. 
When the heavens had been cleared of the bad angels and the divinity had been unveiled to the good and the obedient, when they were already admitted into glory and the bad ones chastised, then happened what the evangelist farther says. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now is come salvation, strength, and the kingdom of our Lord and the power of his Christ, because the accuser of our brethren is cast forth, who accused them before our God day and night. This voice which the evangelist heard was that of the word, and all the holy angels heard and listened to it. Its echoes reverberated through the infernal regions and filled with trembling and fear the demons. They did not, however, understand its mystery in full, but only so proud of it, as the Most High chose to manifest to them, for their greater affliction and punishment. It was the voice of the Son, who in the name of humanity, which he was to assume, was asking the Eternal Father, that the salvation, power, and kingdom of his majesty and the reign of Christ might begin, since the accuser of the brethren of the same Christ our Lord, that is of man, had been cast out. It was like a petition before the throne of the most holy trinity, that the salvation and power and the mysteries of redemption and incarnation be put into execution. He asked that it be done so much the sooner as Lucifer, being filled with fury, envy, and wrath against the human nature, which the word was to assume, was now infesting the earth. Full of love and compassion, the word calls men his brethren. Lucifer is said to accuse them day and night, because both during the day, in which he still enjoyed divine grace, in the presence of the Eternal Father and of the Holy Trinity, he belittled us in his pride, and much more in the night of his own darkness and of our fall, he pursues us unceasingly with slander and persecution, as long as this world will endure. The Word calls the works and mysteries of incarnation and his death virtue, power, and reign, because in them all these really had their beginning, and in them was manifested his great virtue and power against Lucifer. It was like a petition before the throne of the Most Holy Trinity, that the salvation and the power and the mysteries of redemption and incarnation be put into execution. He asked that it be done so much the sooner as Lucifer, being filled with fury, envy, and wrath against the human nature, which the word was to assume, was now infesting the earth. Full of love and compassion, the word calls men his brethren. Lucifer said to accuse them day and night, because both during the day, in which he still enjoyed, divine grace, in the presence of the Eternal Father, and of the Holy Trinity, he belittled us in his pride, and much more in the night of his own darkness and of our fall, he pursues us unceasingly with slander and persecution, as long as this world will endure. The Word calls the works and mysteries of the Incarnation as death virtue, power and reign, because in them all these really have their beginning, and in them was manifested as great virtue and power against Lucifer. This was the first time in which the Word, in the name of his humanity, interceded for men before the divinity and in which, according to our mode of conceiving such things, the Eternal Father conferred with the other persons of the Blessed Trinity in regards to this petition. He also partly revealed to the holy angels the decree of this divine consistory, saying in regards to the sacraments resolved upon, Lucifer has raised the banner of pride and sin, and will persecute with all his malice the whole human race. With cunning he will pervert many men, availing himself of their own passions for their destruction, and the blindness of sin and vice men will pre prevaricate. In the blindness of sin and vice, men will prevaricate, heedless of danger. 
But his lying pride, his sins and vices are infinitely distant from our nature and wishes. We will therefore bring out the triumph of virtue and sanctity. For this purpose, the second person will assume human nature. He will exalt and teach humility, obedience, and all the virtues, and thus will secure the salvation of all mortals. Being true God, he will become humble and submissive. He will be the just man, the model and teacher of all virtues. These alone shall be accredited before our tribunal and shall always triumph over vices. We will raise up the lowly and humble the proud. Matthew 11:28. We will make labors and endurance praiseworthy in our sight. We resolve to help the afflicted and the sorrowful. Let them be corrected by afflictions and thereby advance in our grace and friendship and according to their capabilities reach salvation in the presence of virtue. Blessed will they be that weep, Matthew 5, 3, and happy the poor and those that suffer for justice' sake and for Christ their chief, and the insignificant ones shall be magnified, the meek of heart exalted. The peaceful shall be loved as our sons. Most dear shall those be to us who forgive and suffer injuries and love their enemies. We will assign to them copious benedictions of our grace and an immortal glory in heaven. Our only begotten will put in practice these decrees, and those that follow him shall be our chosen ones, our cherished ones. They shall be refreshed and rewarded by us. Their good work shall be engendered in our own mind, which is the first cause of all virtue. We give permission to the bad ones to oppress the good, thus helping them to gain the crown, while for themselves they increase the punishment. Let there be scandals, Matthew 18.7, for the common good. Unhappy be those that cause them, and blessed they that are proved by them. The vain and the proud will afflict and despise the humble. The great and the powerful will oppress the lowly and abject ones. They will give benediction instead of curses. 1 Corinthians 4.12 While they are pilgrims, they shall be rejected by men, but afterwards they shall be ranked with the angelic spirits, our sons and they will enjoy the seats and crowns which the unfortunate and unhappy apostates have lost. The stubborn and the proud shall be condemned to eternal death, where they will recognize their foolish proceedings and their perverseness. This concludes our reading for Day 16 from the Mystical City of God, Chapter 9 of Book 1. We read paragraphs 106 through 112, and tomorrow we'll begin with paragraph 113. We continue to hear the story of Revelation 12 and this great battle. Again, St. Michael is being invoked here, and we're learning more about this battle between St. Michael and the evil one. And I thought it'd be good maybe just to make reference to the fact of why we have the St. Michael prayer. And we have it because Pope Leo XIII had this vision. If I'm not mistaken, he was celebrating Mass, and he was caught up in this vision in which he sat in which he saw the evil spirits roaming about the world. He saw this great chasm between good and evil. If I'm not mistaken, Pope Leo XIII, during Mass, had this vision in which he saw the battle between St. Michael and all of these evil spirits. And then there was, to my recollection again, uh, I, I could err, but that there was this statement that there would be a hundred-year reign of Satan. Uh, and so Pope Leo Thirteenth, in order to combat this vision that he saw, drafted the St. Michael the Archangel prayer. 
And in fact, the prayer that we often recite after Holy Mass, that prayer is a shortened version, that there's actually a longer version of that prayer. Again, I could be mistaken, but that is a prayer that is included in the exorcist's prayers against evil. I know of an exorcist, and this exorcist has told me that on the first Saturday of every month, he walks around his church and he prays that long form of the St. Michael prayer. I think what we can take away from Revelation 12, and tomorrow we have another reading of breaking it open, listening to the thought and wisdom, the revelations of Maria of Agreda, but what we can take away is that there is a battle between good and evil, and we need to realize that in our own life. And we have to realize that if we continue to persist in evil, in what we would call a lack of the state of grace, well, then what was said at the very end of our reading today would be true for us. The stubborn and the proud shall be condemned to eternal death, where they will recognize their foolish proceedings and their perverseness. To think about that, that if we die and we're condemned to hell, that we're going to think about all of the ways in which we could have sought God more in our life. We want to seek the Lord. We want to seek the kingdom of heaven. It's why I love that prayer that Our Lady taught at Fatima, that prayer in which she said, Oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven. May that prayer of Our Lady be our hope today. I'm Father Edward Looney. And I'm reading The Mystical City of God in a year. I hope that you'll continue to join me for these daily readings and reflections upon Maria of Agreda's mystical revelations. I'll be with you again tomorrow. And until then, may God bless you and Mary pray for you.